Come on and give him praise, church. Come on, give him praise. He's worthy of our praise. I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he's here. I'm glad you're here. Listen, this would be a lonely place without you, and it would be real lonely without the Lord. Amen? I want you to take your Bibles real quickly, real quickly. I'm going to preach one verse today, real short, one verse. And uh, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, chapter number 5, I think. Anywhere is good, but that's where we're going to be, amen? Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 17. Well, I tell you, knowing God sure makes a difference. I have, I have sat in a waiting room and, and sat in, in the patient's room and with my heart breaking and, 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 and just, just praying and, and believing God and trying our best to, to know Him and feel His touch, feel the prayers of God's people. It's been incredible. I'm telling you, it's, just, it's, it's been incredible. You can't really even describe it. And, and man, my, my mind has to go to the place that what are the people without God doing? It seems like every time we go into the waiting room, there's a new family with a new crisis and a new tragedy and a, and, and a new situation going on that's just as devastating and just as heartbreaking as the one we're going through and what we're praying with and, and, and fighting now. Every time we go up, it seems like there's another helicopter landing on the roof, bringing another broken uh, person uh, there to, to find healing. And, and my mind goes, I said, what in the world? How do people get through this without Jesus Christ? And all I can say is thank God he is on our side. Amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, any man, whoever it is, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let's read that together. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blessings. Thank you, for Lord, your touch. Lord, please help us in this service. Please anoint my mind. Lord, don't let me say something I don't need to say. Lord, don't let me forget anything that I should say. And I pray that your will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you are here today, if you are here today and you're a first-time attender, we are so glad that you're here. And that prayer request card, we want to go ahead and take that up now because we're going to be praying for you and praying God will meet your need. If you filled out one of those prayer request cards, could you hold it up real high? Just, just hold it up right where you are. Just hold it up high and we're going to grab them. We've got some right there in the middle, some on the outside there. Hey, church, let's give all of our first-time attenders a hand. Amen? Thank you for coming. We prayed, we prayed that you would be here. We're glad that you're here. I want to I wanna start the message today uh, with a little story. Uh, most, of you, most of you have heard this several times because uh, I've been here 12 years and you've heard about all I got. Amen. But uh, uh, it just goes too good with this situation. Uh, baby, did you find my gator shoes? Did you find them? You did. Let me tell you all something. My wife hid my shoes from me. It is, it is my gators that she don't like, and she knows I have such a bad memory that out of sight, out of mind, she got them out of my sight, so I was in my mind this morning. Are y'all with me? Does anybody have a wife like that? Anybody? Anyhow, all right, so y'all forgive me because I'm dead right after this service right here. But let me get them. Okay, in the car. All right. Church, say amen. See, stuff comes out of my mind before I think. Amen? Uh, this story that I'm, I'm, I want to share with you is about my father. My father uh, uh, and my mom, they, they, they were raised a little different than I was. Y- y'all, most of y'all know I, I grew up a pastor's son. I mean, a really conservative, just really restrictive type uh, family. And, uh, and me and my dad grew up totally different. I mean, completely different. I grew up in Christian school. Uh, I went to church ever since I, I, anything I remember. It's always been church, God's house, uh, been in church. There was no question about, uh, listen, when it comes Sunday, you was going to church. Regardless, you had to be 
on your deathbed to miss church. And, and that's the way I grew up. I grew up knowing about Jesus. I, even before I was saved, I probably knew more about Jesus and knew every book of the Bible, could quote Scripture like crazy before I was even saved. Uh, and, and, and my dad was totally the opposite of what I was raised. He basically had two church experiences before uh, uh, he truly got saved. One, one church experience is, uh, listen, and you got to understand, my dad was a heathen. I'm talking about purebred, registered, had AKC papers, heathen right there, and DNA and everything. I'm telling you, he was mean as a junkyard dog. That's all he ever knew. I played sports growing up. He fought. That's what he did. He went fight, raise Cain. Matter of fact, uh, uh, after my mom and dad got married, uh, they was at the bar one time, and, 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 and my dad was going to whoop my grandpa because my grandpa was dancing with my mom, and he thought she was dancing with another man. I need a witness. That's him. Y'all know the preacher. That ain't, he wasn't always that, amen? Well, that's his situation. He came, his first, his first uh, deal with church was he was in the church parking lot and was going to siphon gas out of the cars of the people that was at the revival service. That did, he didn't, he didn't. He, let me, he, he said, man, he said, I put that, that, that uh, uh, hose to my mouth, and he said, man, God's fear got a hold of me, and I snatched that hose out and ran out the parking lot. Well, the second experience was he went to, and you got to understand something. My dad was country. We, we was redneck to the bone. And anybody ever seen the, the show Swamp People? I'm not real far from that right there. <laughs> Chudum, Elizabeth, Chud- you know, that's, that's, that's some of my raising. Well, he, that, you know, he never wore shoes. Well, he showed up at church to hang out with the girls and, and, and the deacons. The deacons came to him and said, you're not dressed appropriately to be in here. He had a white T-shirt on, blue jeans and no shoes. And he said, you're going to have to go wait into the, into the uh, family life center. And dad said, man, that's where the pool tables was. That's where I wanted to be in here. I just come to see the girls. Now, here's the deal. I learned something from that. You know, the deacons saw a problem. Jesus saw a preacher. I'm glad Jesus can look beyond what it looks like on the outside to see what's really there. Some of y'all are looking at even just your own self in the mirror, and you're thinking, I'm nobody, and I don't have anything to offer, but God sees something greater in you than you can even see in yourself. Well, as time goes by, uh, uh, my mom and dad meet. And, and, and they decide to get married. And, and my, is mom and dad here, Mindy? They ain't here? Okay, I can say what I want. Amen. Uh, my, my, my mom kind of robbed the cradle. I mean, because my dad was a lot younger than my mom. And, and, and my grandmother, uh, my grandmother signed for him to get married, but they had to go to South Carolina to get married because he was too young to get married in Florida. And the only reason that she signed for him to get married is because uh, uh, she was hoping that that would calm him down and that he wouldn't, you know, leave life early because of his crazy wild ways. Well, they got married. They were married a year. In that year span of time, uh, mom said that was the roughest year she's ever had in her life. She said after that year was over, they were, it was their one-year anniversary. It was on a Wednesday night. And on that Wednesday night, uh, uh, my uncle had been inviting my, my mom and dad uh, to church all week because they were, they were having a revival at an old time, just an old-fashioned storefront church that they had started, and, and there was a revival going on, and, and dad kept, no, we're not going to that. We're not, we got our anniversary. We're going to go celebrate our anniversary. We're going to go party it up, have a big time, and, and all of that. And everybody in town knew my dad because he was that mean. I mean, he was that mean. Matter of fact, uh, I, we were at work day. We were at work day at the church one day, and uh, I was out front on the front porch and, and, and doing something out there. And Dad was in the back of the church with the men back there, and a and a guy pulled up in the in the parking lot. Biggest dude I've ever seen in my life. He opened that door and he got out of that car and he kept getting out of that car. I mean, this guy was huge. He walks up to me. And he looks at me, and I look at him, and he points at the sign, at my dad's name on the sign. He said, is that Malcolm Carter? I said, yes, sir. He says, where's he at? I thought, I ain't telling you. <laughs> and I went, to, I went to answer, and about that time, my dad and the men come around the corner, and he, met, he saw my dad, and my dad saw him, and they called each other's name. And that big guy said, Lord, have mercy. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He said, I got saved in my life, but I seen your name on there. And I said, there's no way he's a preacher. No way. Later on, my dad said that they, they used to fight one another every day in the hallways. They'd see one another, and they didn't have to. They'd just see each other and tie up, and here we go. And God saved both of them. Anyhow. As the story goes, I'm going somewhere. Just pardon me, all right? I've had a rough week. Amen? Let me vent a little bit. 
this Wednesday night, they, my uncle kept asking them and asking them and asking them, and they said, okay, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go to the church, get that over with, then we'll go celebrate our anniversary at the bar. So as, as it went, they showed up to church. My mom, my dad, Paul Howe and Cheryl Howe, their two best friends, showed up with them at, at church. And here they are, here they are at church, and man, it, it got on. I mean, God just moved into that little place. It was an old-fashioned place, and he said, man, they were singing. They was praising God. They were testifying. That preacher was preaching, and he said, man, they was crying and snot-slinging and everything. He said, man, I, I didn't know what to do. He said, all I know, I felt something on me I'd never felt before in my life. Well, my mom got saved. She went forward. She went forward, and she got saved. And Dad was sitting in the back row. And and you know, in old time church where I was raised, in old time church, when uh, when when somebody got saved, the whole church come around and shook their hand, gave them right hand Christian fellowship. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, huh? And they come around, and my dad was sitting in that back corner back there, and he was thinking, I ain't going forward. I ain't going up there. There ain't no way I'm going. And then he said, This is my one year anniversary. My wife's up there. If I don't go hug her neck, it's gonna be bad later on. So he got in line. Here we go. He's in line, and he's coming around the corner, and he's coming down that aisle right there. And as soon as he turns the corner, Brother Wiley Wooten was standing right here. Brother Wiley Wooten, he was about this big, a little sawed-off preacher, and he was one of them wind-sucking preachers. I mean, hacking preachers. And you can't, you, you understand about every third word. Y'all know what I'm talking about right there? Well, he's there, and, and when my dad cuts, it just gets him so good. He just don't, he can't stand it no more, and he just grabs the preacher. Every deacon in the building jumped up. They didn't know what my dad was going to do. Brother Wooten said, what do you want? And this is my dad's exact words. Whatever y'all got. <laughs> He'd never been to church. He didn't know about salvation, regeneration. He didn't know about sanctification. He didn't know all those fancy words. All he knew is he wanted what them people had. I asked my dad later on, I said, Dad, what, what did Brother Willie preach on? He said, I don't know what he preached on. I said, really? He said, all I know is I was going to the bar to get what them people had in that building, and I wanted what they had. And he got saved. He got saved, Mom got saved, Paul Howe and Cheryl Howe, all four of them got saved. And my dad's life changed dramatically. I'm talking about night and day. I mean, he showed up to everything that the church had. He even showed up to the woman's auxiliary, and he didn't realize what it was, but it was on the schedule, so he came and they sent him home. Amen. He knew if it was about the church, he wanted some of it. Them four, would, they would stay up all night just reading their Bible. They were so hungry for the Word to learn more about this, this new God that they were serving and worshiping. And, and, man, they would stay up all night and cook breakfast the next morning just worshiping and studying, studying the Word of God to be saved. And I'm talking about it was night and day. This verse is my Father. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm telling you, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you'll never be the same again. And don't think you're a hard case. Don't think you're too tough. And don't think you're too, you're, you're too much of a sinner. Don't think that you've done too much in your life that God could never, listen, he could never forgive you or wash your sin away. Paul said this, I am the chief of sinners. In other words, there was nobody on this planet that has done as wicked as I have done as bad as I have but God struck him down and saved his soul turned him into a from a persecutor into the greatest preacher that's ever been I'm telling you Paul is saying this if God can save me he can save anybody and I don't care who you are I don't care what you've done. I don't care how long you've been there. Jesus Christ, he loves you. His blood will wash your sin white as snow. The Bible says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I'm glad Jesus loves me. This verse is so great. I'm telling you, this verse is so great. There's two, basically two things we see in this verse. First, we see a condition. A condition that's explained. If any man be in Christ. If any man be in Christ. We see this, this condition. What condition? There is a position that I am standing in. The moment that I got saved. The moment that I trusted in Jesus as my personal Savior. I was put in Christ. I am in him. And Paul uses this, this phrase and this terminology many times when he's describing a, a person being saved in their relationship with God and their relationship with Christ. They are in Christ. This is a position of pardon. A position of pardon. I have been 
forgiven. I'm telling you, there is no feeling like knowing that you are guilty. There's no doubt in your mind. You are 100% guilty. But the judge says you are pardoned. It is no longer on your account. You have been forgiven. How many of y'all enjoy the feeling of forgiveness in your life? The place that I stand in Christ. The place that I stand in Christ. It is a place of pardon. I've been forgiven. I have been redeemed. Not only is this a place of pardon, this is a place of forgiveness. I stand in a place of forgiveness. But not only that, I stand in a place of protection. A place of protection. If you go and you read, I like, I like Old West. I like Old West movies and, and Westerns and, and John Wayne. Say amen. John Wayne was the man, I don't care what nobody says. I saw a post on Facebook the other day that said, and John Wayne said it. He's smart. I didn't know he was a philosopher too, but he said life is hard. Life is harder if you're stupid. Say amen. amen. The guy has just got it. Amen. John Wayne. In them old West days, in the prairie days, uh, they would be prairie fires. And prairie fires were, were devastating because uh, they say that a prairie fire could outrun a man. You couldn't outrun it. It would, it, would, it, would, it would sweep across the prairie so fast and so devastating, it would outrun you and you just couldn't run it. In other words, when it came, it was sure death. It was sure death. That fr- and they could see it coming. They could see it coming for miles because it was such a flat land and, and you could see forever. Well, in the Bible, in the Bible, fire is always a representation of judgment. Say that word with me. Judgment. Fire represented judgment. Well, you see, uh, those prairie dwellers, they got to figuring out this, that if they took, and what they began to do is, and when they saw the smoke and they saw, they saw the wind turning their direction, they seen what was going on, that they would come to their, their little uh, uh, place, the house, that, and usually it was sod huts and, and everything that they had there. Uh, they would take and take fire and burn everything around them, start at their little house, and, and they would burn everything around them and keep burning out and keep burning out till it came to a safe distance away from their place and, and away from their homestead so that then they would go and get every living thing that they own. They would go get their cows and their, and their, their, their cattle and everything. They would come and they would bring it and put it in the center of that place, that place that had already been burnt, that place that had... Hallelujah. I'm, I'm feeling plumb undignified right now. I got my suit on and everything, and I'm trying my best to behave. Say amen. But when you see this, this place, what did fire represent? Judgment. So this area had been pre-judged. When they saw the fires of judgment coming, they would take every living thing they had, and they would put it in the place that was already pre-judged. Judged, and when the fire got there, it was burning, it was consuming, it was destroying everything in its path until it come to the spot that had already been burnt, and there was nothing else left to burn. It had already been burnt. It had to stop. And I know you don't know where I'm going, but let me tell you something. On a hill called Calvary, Jesus, my Lord, suffered for me. He died on an old rugged cross, and when the flames of judgment came His way, He was judged for my sin. He was crucified for my sin. And when I got saved, I nailed at Calvary, and I'm standing in Christ. I'm standing in a place that's already been prejudged. And when the judgment of hell comes, it can't get to me because I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm here. I'm here. So why are you getting all excited and hyped up? Because. I'm seeing so many people that are dying without Christ. And I'm just so glad that I know who Jesus is. And if I was to die right now, son, I'm, hammer, I'm heaven bound with the hammer down. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There was a day that I was on my way to hell, but Jesus loved me enough. Not because who I am, not because of what I've done, not because I could do anything for him. It's just because he is God and he is love and he loves you today. And he died on an old rugged cross. He was judged so you wouldn't have to be. And if any man be in Christ, what a great condition to be in today. That means I'm no longer in condemnation. Romans, Romans says it well, Romans 8 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. 
They're in Christ Jesus. Nay, in all things, Romans 8, verse 37, same chapter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, watch this, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's protected. This place that we are standing in, this place of salvation, the day I got saved, and my salvation experience was different than my father's because I could quote as much scripture before I was saved than after I was saved. My dad went from darkness to light immediately. He didn't know nothing about God, and now here he is. You know, he has never one time doubted his salvation because it was such a stark, drastic change. Now, I have. There's been times I've kind of wondered a little bit because the birds didn't sound sweeter. Sun didn't shine brighter. I believed in God as much after as I did before because I was raised in church and I had that experience. But there's one thing that is identical. There's one thing that's identical with my father and me. It may, there may have been a lot of things that was, was different, but there's one thing that's identical. There was a change. There was a change. Now, here's the deal. I, 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 I didn't do real good in school. We got a principal here that's got me nervous and uh and i looked up i looked up uh uh, uh punctuation mark in my bible i looked it up in the dictionary because I, I hated english i had a yankee that was a teacher and he was kind of arrogant and it really ruined me for english but uh if you're a yankee no offense say man right there but just take it because you're in the south amen uh it says therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature. And then there's, there's a punctuation mark right there. There's a colon right there. So I looked that up. I looked that up this week. And this is, what, this is the definition of that punctuation mark. A punctuation mark used especially to direct attention to the following matter. You know, I, when I was in school, I didn't think none of that stuff was important. Oh, that's no big deal. I don't need to know that. But think about what he's saying. You are a new creature. Colon. What does that mean? Pay attention to the following matter. Because this is where many Christians are messing it up. Because you are a new creature. This is going to happen. If this doesn't happen, then you may not be a new creature. Because you're a new creature, colon, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What's the point? The point is this. If you're truly saved, and I pray that you are. I pray everybody in this building is before they leave because we're not promised tomorrow. It is my job to tell you the truth. God called me when I was a little bitty baby. God called me to preach the gospel and tell you the truth. And if I was just to tell you what you want to hear, I wouldn't do you any good. And that, that, that'd, be, that'd be disrespecting my office. But I'm telling you this. If you are truly a Christian, then your life has changed. And if there has been no change, I would have to check up to see if I was truly a Christian. Because the first thing we see is a condition that's explained. I'm in Christ. I am a new creature. God has done a new thing in me. He has recreated me on the inside. Now it says, because of that, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Pay attention. That punctuation mark says, pay attention to the following matter. I want you to understand. And this is, and, and I may vent just a little bit today, just, just a little bit today. Uh, I am kind of, I'm kind of really tired of fake Christians making my job hard. I'm I most of y'all know I'm I'm country's cornbread and if I'm not in this suit, I'm in overalls most of the time. And I like I, I like coon hunting, so I if you if, if I'm not here, if I'm not in this place, I'm usually at the coon club with a bunch of old men with sorry dogs that lie to each other about them. Say amen. 
It is what it is. It's an addiction. I can't help it. I can't explain it. I've tried to quit, uh, have several nervous breakdowns, and went back and was fine. Amen? So it's, it's, it's an issue. Uh, and, and, man, I've, I've witnessed to them over the years. Several of them have gotten saved. Several, Mark, I don't know if you know this, but Bob Abney got saved the other night. I, I don't, I'm not even sure. I don't think I've talked to you since then, but he's going to get baptized in the next service. Listen, and, and, and they're getting saved. They're getting saved. And, 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 and a couple of them, a couple of them are kind of tough and, 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 and they're really resisting a little bit and God's on them and convicting them really bad. And one in, in particular uh, said that, and they'll be here, so y'all help me pray for this next service. And uh, he said this, well, listen here, I get all that. He said, but what about the one that goes to church on Sunday and he's out drinking with me and raising Cain on Monday? What am I supposed to say? I tell you, if you're going to be one thing here, you better be it out there. Now, it, it never needs to be said that anybody who claims to be a Christian is going to go out and act like the world. It's just not going to happen. Are you all with me? Here's the deal. Gandhi. Gandhi said it this. He said, I love your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. He said, if, you're, if the Christians would act more like your Christ, then, then you might have... Are y'all with me? What's he saying? If we're going to preach it, let's walk it. If any man be in Christ... If any man... Do you hear me? Any man. If any man... You cannot be saved and a change not happen. Because he says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Now, now are we going to be perfect... Lord, no, but we'll be different. I like that deal. There are things in my life that change this experience. There are things. It says, it says old things are passed away. There are things in my life that has been removed since I got saved. God took them away. God took them away. Thank God. Thank God it's different. But then it says this. I like this. It didn't say some things. It said all. Say it with me. All things, here's the key word, are become new. Key word, become. Some people think if a person gets saved automatically, overnight, they're everything they're supposed to be. That's not true. We, we, we sing a song, when I was a kid, we sang a song growing up, He's Still Working On Me. Anybody ever heard that? He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. Eat your heart out, Jalen. Where's he at? <laughs> He's still working on me. This is a become new. We're not going to be perfect overnight, but we're going to be on the way. Amen? One of... One of <laughs> How many of y'all were here? How many y'all were here last week and you heard me preaching on the subject God sees? Raise your hand. You remember what I preached on? Uh, well, this this one has only been saved, only Junior Junior Sweatman, only been saved a few months. Uh, and uh, and and this was I preached that, that on Sunday that God is watching. God is watching. Uh, 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 God is watching His children, and He sees. But not only does He see, when He sees disobedience, He sins. He sends correction our way. Well, that was Sunday. On Tuesday, I was with all those older gentlemen, and we were standing there, and he said, Preacher, I mean, he was white as a ghost. He said, Preacher, what you was preaching on Sunday, it's real. And I thought, well, I know it. I said, I, I said, yeah. He said, no, no, it's real. It happens. When he sees, he sins. I said, what are you talking about? He says, Preacher, I ain't been saved just a couple months. He said, I was on my ladder. He said, I was up on my ladder and I was fixing my gutter. It must have been on Monday. I was on, on my ladder fixing my gutter. And he said, I had my hammer sitting on top of my ladder there. And, and he said, I climbed that ladder and I, and I forgot something on the ground. And he said, I said an ugly word. He said, when I said that ugly word, I got down off my ladder and I went down to get it. And that, that hammer slipped off that ladder and hit me right on top of the head. He said, I said that ugly word, and that thing hit me on top of that. He said, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> I just about had an aneurysm laughing over that on Tuesday night. I said, I don't care what you say. I'm telling that Sunday morning. I'm telling it right there. 
You know, he had enough sense. He said, I promise you, God sent a hammer. Now, you, you can believe what you want to, but God will get our attention, won't he? You know what I told him? I said, and you keep it up, God's going to get a bigger hammer. Amen. <laughs> Things are new. God will change our life. God will bring correction in our life. Why? Because we're different. We're different. You know, so I, I've, I've watched some people come and they receive Christ as their Savior and, and change, and then they, they slip out back into the world and they try, to, they try to do what they used to do and it just don't work because God has recreated them. The most miserable person in the world, you mark this down, the most miserable person in the world is a person that has been saved and they backslid on God and they're trying to live the old lifestyle and they're miserable because they can't feel at home out there anymore and when they get around God's people, God's people are happy and they're miserable and they're miserable because they're happy. Say amen. And the best thing to do is just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll tell this and we'll, we'll, we'll close. The, the pastor of the church where I went to Bible college, Dr. Brown, when he got saved, he was another one of them hellions, just mean as the devil, just rough. And a man that it was in the shop he worked at, he, he worked in an auto mechanic shop in the, at the dealership, at the uh, uh, Chevrolet dealership there in Augusta, Georgia. And, uh, and he said, man, he was in there, and he had gotten saved, and he was all excited. And, and, he, and it had just been just a, 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 about a week, I guess, a week or two weeks. And, and he was in there, and the gentleman that kind of witnessed to him the whole time, he was at another station there. And, and as he was working, he said he hit his thumb with a wrench. He said, man, I threw that wrench and damned everything in the shop. I mean, it just came out before I realized it, and just, here we go. And he said, man, I caught myself. He said, I ran to the bathroom and, and locked myself in a stall and just started weeping. And he said this. He said, well, it was good while it lasted. He had no idea. He had no idea about eternal security. He didn't know anything. He had just been saved a very short period of time. He just thought, Davey just thought he lost it all. He done made a mistake, and here it's over with now. Well, that door opened, and that gentleman, that older gentleman, came in and knocked on the stall and said, Larry, you all right? He said, well, it was good while it lasted. He said, son, let me tell you something. Just because you saved don't mean you're going to be perfect. Just because you saved don't mean you're going to be perfect. He said, the Bible has something for this. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you all with me? You say, well, what's the difference? First you're saying we're going to be changed, and then you're saying that, that we're not going to be perfect. Here's the deal. When I got saved, before I got saved, sin didn't bother me. I could, I, you know, say whatever, do whatever. It didn't bother me. But the moment I got saved, the Holy Ghost came into my heart. Jesus came into my life so that when I did get ignorant and, and done something I wasn't supposed to do, the Holy Spirit would just squeeze my heart, and I felt dirty and I say Lord please forgive me please forgive me you see the Bible says whom he loveth he chasteneth and if you're without chastening you're a bastard not a son and what that means is illegitimate you might claim to be but you're illegitimate you're not a real Christian what's the point if we're at the ball field if we're at the ball field and a bunch of kids are acting crazy and doing all kind of stuff and doing stuff they need crash. I'm not going to run out there and grab up a child and start whooping them. That's not going to happen. That's crazy. Why? They don't belong to me. They're not my responsibility. But if I see one of mine, y'all with me? If they belong to me, if they are my child and they are acting silly, then I'm going to get their attention because they belong to me. If you belong to God and you can go and, 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 and do those things, God's going to get your attention. But let me tell you something. If God don't get your attention, you're in a worse shape because that means you don't belong to him. What's the point, preacher? I want everybody to belong to him. I want everybody to be saved. Man, this life is so short. These past few weeks have just been in my, my mind reminding me how brief Life really is. And one day we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for our life to Him. So preacher, that's sad because it's, that's a bad deal. What do we, no, it's not. 
Because on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Are y'all with me? It was an emblem of suffering and shame. And Jesus died on that old rugged cross so he would be judged for your sin instead of you. He took the penalty instead of you. He took the penalty so you didn't have to. And all you got to do is receive him today. Believe on him with all of your heart. Give him your life today. And you can stand in pardon. You can stand in protection. And God will make a new creature out of you. And old things will be passed away. And, and, and do this. I'm going longer than I'm supposed to, but I've got to tell you this. Don't be afraid of what you're going to have to give up. Don't be afraid. Well, preacher, if I get saved, I'm going to have to quit doing this or I'm going to have to quit doing Don't worry about that stuff. That's not your problem. That's God's problem. Just come to him, and this is what will happen. Your appetites will change. I heard a man say it as good as I've ever heard it. He said, I, I didn't quit drinking. He said, I just changed fountains. You'll get a new appetite. You'll get new associates. The best friends I've got are in this building right now. They'll be here in the next service. Listen, I got a new attitude. I don't walk around depressed anymore. I don't walk around scared of dying anymore. I don't walk around in a depressed... Listen, I've got hope. I've got joy. I've got happiness all things are become new. I'm so glad. When Jesus moves in, the devil's got to move out. Church, say amen. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Thank you so much for all those that are here today that you are, you are dealing with right now. You are touching right now. You are, you are convicting right now. You're... Your spirit is moving right now. Father, as this invitation is given, I want to pray for them all, Lord. Lord, I know in a crowd this size, there's no question in my mind. There's some folks here that's not saved. There's some folks here that's not saved. Lord, please, please let them get saved. I want to pray for them right now. I want to pray for them right now. Lord, I pray. I pray that you'll touch them. If you're here today, as every head's bowed and every eye closed, not a soul looking around, I wouldn't embarrass nobody for a million dollars. But I sure want to pray for you before you get out of here. You say, preacher, I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now that I'd go to heaven. I'm just not sure. Preacher, would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up right where you are. And you can put it back down. I just want to pray for you right now. We're going to be dismissed, but I want to pray for you. I'm pretty sure I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now. I see that hand. God bless you, buddy. I see that hand. Anybody else say, Preacher, I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now. I'd, I'd go to heaven. Would you say a prayer for me? I sure will. If you just raise your hand, I'm going to pray for you right now. Anybody? Anybody? I see that hand. I see that hand in the back. God bless you. Father, you saw them. And you know them by name. You know them personally. God, you know their need. And I pray right now that you'll touch their heart. God, give them courage. Lord, just like you gave me one day in the invitation you gave me. Lord, thank you so much that you gave me an opportunity to believe on you and trust in you as my Savior. And I want to give them that same opportunity right now. Lord, as every head's bowed and every eye closed, let them come. We've got people at this altar. We've got people with Bibles in their hands. Lord, ladies for ladies and gentlemen for gentlemen. If they'd like to know right now, as every head's bowed, they'd like to know how to be saved, all they got to do is come. I'm giving you an invitation right now, as every head's bowed. If you'd like to know how to be saved, just step out of your aisle right now. Find a place, just like my father did many, many, many years ago. He said, I wanted what they had. I wanted the hope that they had. I wanted the joy that they had. If that's you today, come on right now. Just find a place right now. I wonder how many Christians would come right now as we're still praying. Help me pray for those that raise their hand. That's it, buddy. You come on. You come on. Is God dealing with you right now? Listen, help me pray for them. How many would come and find a place in this altar? Hey, let's continue to pray for Andrew. This would be a good time. Let's, let's say a word of prayer for Andrew and Holly and Bo and the girls. 
Let's ask God to continue to touch him. Just come and find a place around this altar. We're going we're gonna to pray that God will touch them and give them what they stand in need of, the hope and the help that they need. Father, we come before you, Lord. Thank you for those that have come. Lord, be with those that need to come. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you'll touch and help. God, we pray right now on behalf of Bo and Holly and the girls. and Lord, we pray that you'll just touch them right now. I pray that you'll put your arms around them. I know, Lord, as this ordeal is dragging on, and sometimes it's easy to get impatient. It's easy to just get frustrated. God, I pray that you'll just touch them now. Let them know that the clock is in your hand, that you're in charge, Lord, that you're in control. And God, I pray that your will be done. Just today, as we are in this service, I pray that you'll just wrap your sweet arms around that whole Lord, not just Bo and Holly, but every family in that unit. Lord, every family that's weeping. Every family that's broken. Lord, every family that's praying. I pray that the breeze of the Holy Spirit will just flow through that place. And let them see. Let them know. Let them feel your presence. God, I pray that your will be done. I love you and I thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet for just a moment. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come, won't you come? Won't you come? God is dealing with your heart. Won't you come? Hey, He's here. I promise you, He's here. Jesus loves you. This I know. For my Bible tells me so. Won't you come? Won't you come? And the has of sin too long. somebody back there to assist you too and we're going to baptize in just a moment while they're still praying I want to sing one more verse one more verse if you need to come if you're going to be baptized ladies on this side men on this side but let's sing one more verse of the invitation as we sing Take up our tithes and offerings. We're going to be baptized today. Isn't that great? 
Now listen, when we baptize, it's a party. Y'all with me? Uh, the Bible says there's more celebrating in heaven over one that gets saved than 99 that get right. And uh, if they getting down in heaven, we getting down down here. Amen? So you'll see what I'm talking about. We celebrate it. We cheer. Uh, uh, listen, it's a celebration. Somebody trusting in Christ. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray over the offering. And Jalen, you saying something, whatever you need to do. And after we do this, we'll baptize. All right? Father, thank you for your, your, your word. Thank you for the spirit in this place. Now, Lord, as we take up our, our tithes and our offerings and our worship, as we give back to you as you've given to us, we appreciate all the blessings of this life that we find because of you. God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
now? All right, Josh. Amen. stand everyone stand to your feet now here's here's just a couple just a couple brief announcements we're going to leave out of here uh number one if you are if you are interested in temple baptist church about what we are who we are i teach a foundations class or uh, temple 101 if you will everything to know about temple if you'd like to know information about it to join and be a member you don't have to be a member if you'd like to know more information about it i'll be teaching tonight in the lower building in the rock down there at four o'clock what time Four o'clock. So if you'd like to be there, we'd love to have you. Also, the uh, our temple, the Temple Baptist Preschool registration for preschool is going to start today. And if you need information about that, uh, see Miss Tina. Raise your hand, Miss Tina, or at the information booth if you'd like to know more information about that. And then, last of all, when you go to bed tonight, pray for Andrew. When you wake up in the morning, pray for Andrew. Every time you think about it, pray for Andrew. All right. And, and not just Andrew, but for Bo and Holly and the girls, pray that God will just give them. Uh, right now, we need something that I don't have a whole lot of, patience and waiting on God. And just, just so, so let's pray that, that God will give us, uh, I don't want to pray for patience because tribulation work of patience. Let's, let's pray for God's will, amen, and just God to help us with that, all right? Well, let's be dismissed, all right, Brother Javen? Lord, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for each one that was here today. God, I pray, Lord, that we would... Um, Lord, is what we received today, Lord, you would let us take it and apply it to our lives, God, and that, uh, Lord, it would help us, Lord, uh, in our daily walks. God, we just thank you for being here with us. God, we just ask you to be in our next service. God, just touch in a mighty way. We thank you for our pastor. Lord, that he'll preach, Lord, what we need to hear, God, not just to tickle our ears, but, God, Lord, something that will help us change our lives. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.